this is the car dealer podcast driven by car gurus. You want the best return from your advertising budget and car gurus piston heads are focused on the same goal. With car gurus piston heads you have access to millions of monthly shoppers across both sites who can turbocharge your digital forecourt. Connect with in-market high quality buyers today. For more information, visit dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk and schedule a demo with their team. For a limited time only, get 10% reduction off your new subscription when you tell them that we sent you. That's dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk. Hello, this is the Car Dealer Podcast, created by the team at Car Dealer Magazine. We bring you the latest news and updates from the automotive industry seven days a week. And not only that, we publish a monthly magazine, which is now digital. You can read it for free on the website. Um, And this is making this issue, number six, um, quite a special podcast, because it'll be the first time we'll be able to talk about new things in the magazine that you'll be able to read if you're a Car Dealer Plus member, and from next week if you're not. So if you've never heard of Car Dealer Magazine before, you can head over to the website. It is cardealermagazine.co.uk. So welcome to our sixth podcast and welcome back. Um, If you're joining us again, I'm your host, Rebecca Chaplin. And joining me today is Editor-in-Chief of Car Dealer Magazine, James Baggett, and also Head of Valuations at Cap HPI, Darren Martin. Welcome both and welcome to the podcast, Darren. Thank you. (laughs) Hello, nice to see you. On Zoom, but not if you're listening to this on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well done, James. Uh, so if you um, if you watch Car Dealer Live a lot, I'm sure you will recognise Darren as coming on to talk about used car valuations. But today we're going to try and pick his brains on all of the big stories of the week. And he's going to help us decide which are the biggest by being our judge. If you listened last week, you'll remember I decided that we needed some sort of um, judge or adjudicator. Uh, to decide who of us had the best stories. It didn't really work very well because James didn't trust this independent, silent partner in the background. Your mum. Um, <laughs> not my mum. <laughs> and um, yeah, and when Darren saw that he thought it was my mum on LinkedIn, had to get involved and has kindly volunteered to be able to help us. Um, I, was, I was outraged that James <laughs> didn't win last week, so I had to get involved. <laughs> Yeah, so I already feel like I'm at a disadvantage before I've even started. That's good. That's good. We're getting up and then hopefully I will win properly yeah. as I should have done last week. <laughs> yeah, because so far it's we've done four of these quizzes and you've won three times and I've won one time. So I don't think I've, I don't feel like I've got much hope anyway. Um, so we're going to do it the same as we always do. Me, James and Darren have all come up with five stories. Me and James are going to go head to head and Darren is going to tell us at the end if we've completely missed some massive stories, which I feel is quite likely because me and James have just been scrabbling around trying to remember what's actually happened this week. In the last five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Good but it makes me feel confident that Darren is the man for the job and he's actually prepared. I'm, 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 not, um, I'm not in the news this week with any of our stories, so I'll be completely objective. Yes. Good man. Um, so shall, as I won last week, shall I go first? Yeah, you get to go first. Um, so I think the biggest story of the week is about Stellantis finally becoming an actual company. Don't laugh. <laughs> well, I, I've got it on my list too, purely because it's the most ridiculous name in history. Yeah. 
I mean, what does it even mean? Well, actually, it has got a meaning. Yeah, it has an actual yeah. meaning. I'll, I'll let you talk about it because I've got a lot to say about this because it is on my list. Okay. Well, I'll just give the headlines that um, FCA and um, PSA Group have now become one company, although they are still kind of two companies at the moment, but they are now one company and we assume they're going to be becoming more of one company. Um, and they've listed on the stock market, but it's been dragging on for quite a while. So it feels like a little bit of a, uh, it's finally happened story, but... 15 billion dollar deal supposedly and quite a big deal it's seven brands now is it maybe more 18 um, brands all packaged together 18 brands umbrella, yes 18 brands what what are all those brands uh peugeot citroen ds automobiles opal Vauxhall, free to move uh a bath alfa romeo chrysler dodge fiat fiat professional jeep lancia maserati ram srt and the F- fca's parts and after sales brand mopar Wow. So even bigger news than I thought. Okay, what have you got to say about this, James? Well, firstly, let's talk about that ridiculous name. Um, I I, I honestly think, so so Batch wrote this story about this today. We've published what is Stellantis, and I always say it wrong, (laughs) Stella, Stella Antis. Um, I just think, why don't they just call themselves FCA per se? I mean, that's actually works quite nicely, doesn't it? I mean, it's just a, that that is a normal name, but instead they came up with this ridiculous one from Latin, as though they got lessons from Boris Johnson. Um, apparently, um, it's stello is the verb which means to brighten with stars. Oh, come on, seriously, what is that all about? I mean, that's not a name for a car company. Um, I, I just, I, I'm sorry, but I absolutely hate it. Um, <laughs> In- interestingly, um, there's been a bit of a merry-go-round, hasn't there, with the um, with the with the top team there. Car- Carlos Tavares takes the top slot. I mean, he is he is a genius, isn't he? When it really when it comes to this sort of things, so, I mean, he's he's obviously orchestrated this deal. And I think if anybody's going to make a success of it, it's him. I mean, with with PSA, he's done an amazing job. Um, but I like the fact that he's a big fan of of the Brits. You know, he's promoted Linda Jackson, who was Citroen UK MD. Um, she took up the uh, position of Citroen, global head of Citroen. Um, and now she's moved over to lead Peugeot. Um, Jean-Philippe Imparato has gone to Alfa Romeo. He was in charge of, oh. in charge of Peugeot. Um, and then Stephen Stephen Norman, MD of Vauxhall, has moved up in the uh, in the group, um, and is being replaced um, by former Nissan GB Paul Wilcox um, in the UK. So it's been interesting. It's nice watching these merry-go-rounds, isn't it? I like like seeing these these people move around. Um, but no, David Peel, which we will come on. Left because he's left. I know, but I'm sure <laughs> we will come on to that. Dar- Darren, what do you think of the name? Um, I have to be careful here because I do have family that, that uh, will be working under that name and they do have a new email address with Salantis in it, so uh, which was sent to me yesterday. Um, I'm, I'm bemused by it as well, to be honest. I think it, it, I, I agree with you, FCA, PSA would have probably covered it. I guess that doesn't cover some of the other brands like Vauxhall and, and things like that. Um, I haven't got it down as one of my big stories, to be fair, because it's just a bit of a funny name. But... Um, <laughs> And I thought it wasn't it wasn't a huge uh, a huge issue, but I, I I think the interesting thing that comes out of it will be what happens to all of those eighteen brands because obviously they compete with each other, and I think in the long term that'll be the the interesting thing to look out for there. What what does actually happen to those? 
Yeah, and I suppose the other thing is what happens to dealers? You know, I mean, dealers in the UK, I mean, are they going to have these mega Stellantis dealer sites where they're all under all under one roof? Or, I mean, as you say, they're, they're competing with, with each other. Can that continue? Is it profitable for them to do that? I mean, it'd be interesting to see what happens there. And then you've got the other thing is the head offices, isn't you? I mean, you've got two head offices in the UK. Um, they've already, when, when PSA... Uh, bought bought Vauxhall. They they merged those two head offices. You, you've got you've got duplicate teams across the business. And if they want to make more money, it's about about being more efficient, isn't it? So I wouldn't be surprised if we see some, especially on the head office level, some 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 rationalisation there. Oh, it's definitely. And whatever whatever comes out of now, and they say that won't happen in the future. Who knows? Five years in the future, it makes no sense to have different head offices and. Um, yeah, the Vauxhall one closed when that was first uh, happened. It, uh, they, I'm sure they would said, "Well, that won't close." And then, so yeah, you can imagine the FCA one probably moving up to uh, to Coventry as well at some point. Yeah, I'm sure they'd love that because uh, the uh, the parking outside the FCA head office is horrendous. It so, is, uh, yeah, fast think... road, isn't it? Yeah, it's slouch. Uh, yeah, that, that long road. Yeah, so I'm yeah, sure they'd sure they'd be very happy to move somewhere with a with a bigger car park. Yeah. The dealer, the dealer side, they're also really, yeah, really interesting because well, they have multi-brands that, that compete with each other. I, I definitely see some rationalisation at some point. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, right, shall I move on to mine? Yeah, what's yours? Well, I've got a number of them and um, obviously five this time. I've stuck rigidly to the rules that you've set. But I'm <laughs> not going to pick a story that I wrote, although I did write most of them this week. Uh, I'm going to go with the story that John Bowman wrote about could Elon Musk take over the Honda site in Swindon for Tesla production? Was that this week? Uh, I believe so. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, no, it was this week. Yeah, it, it was, was this on the week. weekend, wasn't it? So it's always... It's at the weekend, so it sort of counts. But I love <laughs> the fact this is this has come off the back of the Swindon Council. Swindon councillor Dale Heenan contacted Musk via Twitter and asked him to consider turning the production base into for, te- for, for Tesla vehicles from uh, from when Honda Honda departs. I love the fact that this this councillor has taken it on his on on his shoulders to contact the billionaire and and entice him to Swindon. I mean that is you know I mean that's that's quite. That's quite a job he's got to do on his hands, isn't it? But uh, I love the I love the fact he's got a uh, he, he's put a tweet out there. Elon hasn't responded to it, <laughs> which I find which I do find do find strange. Um, but there's apparently also council leader David Reynard uh, sent a letter to Musk, um, who we've pointed out in this story was earlier named the world's richest man, which was some additional background for you, um, uh, extolling the virtues of thousands of workers there, uh, as reported by the brilliant paper, The Swindon Advertiser. So uh, I just love the fact that it's just, there, there's, there's people who've taken it on their, on, on, in, into their own hands to contact Elon and entice him to the, to the UK. Um, and we'd love to see, I mean, look, Nissan has, has, has confirmed they're going to carry on production, aren't they, in, uh, in, the, in the UK, off the back of a Brexit deal, by building another battery factory here, Giga, uh, Giga factory, is that what they call them? Mm. Giga, Giga factory here. Maybe it gives um, Elon the, the chance to, to ramp up production for Europe. I mean, it would, uh, it would make well, it sense, Wales. wouldn't it? Wales was the one on the cards, wasn't it? Was it Wales? Or was it somewhere in the West Country? He was going to build a Giga factory. Yes, he apparently flew in, didn't he? Yeah, and then, during yeah, the lockdown. And, 
did some tour in a helicopter, then flew back out again. Well, why couldn't, couldn't have done that on Google Google Earth? I don't know, but he is well, a multi-billionaire, so. I think if you're going to spend that money, you probably want to have a look at the actual site. But it's definitely, it's got to happen, hasn't it? It's just where, and why not Swindon of all places? Well, I mean, Swindon, Swindon's a lovely place. I'm sure, sure, sure. Darren would agree. You've been to Swindon many times, I'm sure. I have. Um, it's got a nice surrounding area. I, say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is. I mean, that I really praise. is Darren with plain praise. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere around Swindon, really nice. I think, um, I think in, 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 in seriousness, I think you do need. Um, we do because of the country of origin rules. Uh, they, yeah. they, we do need more um, battery production in the UK, but. Whether um, Mr. Musk will be tempted off the back of a tweet that he's probably not read, um, on, I, I have my no. doubts. It's very yeah. easy to contact celebrities now, though, but I'm not sure that they read them. No, true. Unless unless you troll them constantly, which yeah. I'm not saying the Swindon Swindon councillors have done. <laughs> Please but don't also, contact us. Also, this week we've had about um, Ellesmere Port being in doubt. Mm. Yeah, it's been quite a lot of factory news this week, isn't there? Yeah, Ellesmere, Ellesmere Port in doubt. Because I, this is one I don't really quite understand because Carlos Tavares again said it was something to do with the 2030 ban in the UK and the fact that the Astra isn't electric and that's what's built there. Well, what's that got to do with what they build there? What's the 2030 ban got to do with their decision making? I don't really understand it. Surely it's got to be about the fact that if, if the UK is a good place to make cars and to export them. Explain the, that again. Because well, the Astra isn't electric and it's built there. Yeah, that was one right. of the, that was sort of his excuse. I was going to say they don't build any electric cars in the UK. No, and that's sort of his point, I think. Mm. But, but then we've also had um, another story we had earlier in the year was about um, the group of um, which company was it? It was a company that does like telephone lines or water and stuff. They were talking about how they wanted to not something we ran. It was I think it was in the Daily Mail but they wanted to campaign um, Vauxhall to try and make an electric car in the UK and were saying if they could get an order together big enough, would they do it? Um, oh, yeah, so It would seem a shame if they didn't use what's a good factory to build vehicles that people clearly want, as much as I'm sure you're not very happy about Vauxhall. I do sort of get the feeling that they're, that they're not really got uh, Ellesmere Port in their long-term plans, but um, I don't mm -hmm. know. Darren, what do you reckon? Um, I think Ellesmere Port has feel, it feels as though Ellesmere Port has been under threat for a long time. Um, pro, I mean, I, I used to work for Vauxhall, um, so ever since the Vectra plant closed a long time ago, now it felt like Ellesmere Port has had this sort of shadow hanging over it, and it does. It always sort of seems to um to keep going. I mean, it's a very good plant. I've been around it a, a number of times, and uh, it is a very good plant, but. Uh, the cost of retooling it, I guess, is, is expensive. Um, if you do have to then produce something something different, like electric vehicles, um, I think you can't escape from the fact that the owners are French and there are factories in France as well, which would put um, UK uh, factories maybe not top of the list. So and I, they're underutilised. Those factories in France are well underutilised. Yeah. yeah. So I did have that as one of my top stories. I had that one and the Nissan one as a bit of a joint one because you've got a bit of a good news story and a bit of a bad news story. So um, with regards to sort of UK production. So yeah, I think um, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't discount that Bellsley Port is under risk, but um, let's hope it's not. 
I don't think it's anything to do with with, with some with the rule with, with, with the excuses they're giving. Though, I mean, the fact that Nissan have just come out today saying that that that, that Sunderland is is safe and is going to get more production of batteries. They're going to build the longer range battery there. Um, and they also said, um, they told the Financial Times that they're also considering possibly moving X-Trail and the area um, production to that factory. Well, I mean, it shows that it is a very good place to build cars. The UK is a very good place to build cars. Um, I think it's more down to the manufacturer's reasons. And I think you've absolutely hit the nail on the head there for about PSA. It's they're owned by the French. It makes sense to makes sense to take that production back back home, really. Um, but yeah, great news for Nissan. I mean, that that's been a story that's worried a lot of people for a long period of time, isn't it? I mean, Nissan were very vocal when it came to um, a no deal Brexit, and the worries that they had. That, I mean, they simply said it wouldn't be viable. That Sunderland wouldn't be viable in the event of a no deal Brexit. So. The fact that they've come out so soon after that agreement has been announced to um, to say that they're going to pledge their future to Sunderland is a huge relief to to everybody in the industry and especially especially people in the in the northeast. And, it, and it's leaf as well, isn't it? So it, it's it's mm. kind of future proofed as well. So yeah, I think that was, that's a, a, a very good um, good news story um, and, a, and a big one. I can imagine in that local area, yeah, it's great news for them. I will point out, Darren. This was on my list, so you can pro. Can you? Can, does that mean I get that chalked up, or does Becca was that on your list? I don't have oh, it on no, my no. list. I'll oh, well, oh, good. It's not on my good. list. Honestly, uh, I like. you don't. You don't win anything halfway through, James. <laughs> <laughs> Whose go is it? I don't know. I've lost count. I think it's my go. But how many stories? Oh, yours. I did Elon. We've done Stellantis, oh, we've Elon, done and 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 effectively factories now. Yeah. Um, so my next story was about car thefts, just because it feels like there's been a lot of them this week. Um, we followed up the story about, I don't know if anyone will remember, because I think we talked about it last week. Or actually, was it on the weekend? Horco being broken into and three Volkswagens being stolen. Um, that was after, after we recorded the last podcast. Yeah. Week. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was last weekend. Five days ago, um, which seems like a reasonably big story at the time, although looking at the dealership, it didn't look like there was much protection across it, but we don't know the ins and outs of it. Um, but the, then later in the week, it came out that they'd actually, these thieves had actually tried to steal cars down the road from another independent garage um, and they, managed, they couldn't get any keys out of the office. So instead, they just stole some personal items, which was pretty bad anyway. And then I feel like I'm cheating a little bit because although this story will be out before the podcast goes out, it's not actually on the website yet, I don't think. And that's why... If- How does that work? That is definitely cheating. <laughs> well, it's, gonna, do, it's this a story from this week. made up stories. I've told you about it already, so it's your own. Mm. Um, well, yeah, but Darren yeah. can't see it. So how can he judge it? Well, I'm talking about the ones that are already out, but I'm just going to tell you about this one because I thought it was quite a good story. Um, It's only just happened. Um, Where there is a... It's always a very exciting story when it's about Dacia Sandero. Um, And in this case, um, a car dealership in Greater Manchester, um, the owner was moving some cars around to get out a car that had been reserved by a customer. Um, And when he was doing that, someone hopped over the locked gates, jumped in the car and then drove it through the pedestrian exit and 
down the road, down a one-way street at 60 miles an hour, and he tried to chase after him and he couldn't get it. But now, what I like about this story, or not like about this story, but I think makes it interesting, is that um, loads of people on Facebook have turned against the dealership, saying that it's it's their fault because they were open and they shouldn't have been letting people do test drives. And how do you steal a car from a car dealership that's closed? Which I think we can prove with those other two stories that you definitely can steal cars from dealerships that are closed. That's um, typical ang angry social media comments, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. So um, when I spoke to the owner earlier, he was very keen to put over the message that they definitely weren't open. The gates were locked and it was only them in. But yeah. There no, seem to be a few more of these kind of the, these car theft stories. I mean, I just I wonder whether it's something to do with the fact that dealers are not on their premises as, um, yeah. as much as they would be normally. I mean, they're obviously closed offering a click and collect service. I reckon some small dealers, I'm Darren probably know better than I would, but probably working working from home mostly and going down to their going down to their sites as and when they when they need to to hand to do the click and collects. And I suppose that does lead them um, open more and more susceptible to to thefts like this. Darren, have you and your team heard anything along these lines? Yeah, I guess it, it, yeah, there are more certainly more people who are who are running it from their from their front room or their bedroom. So and they've got if they have got staff and they've got skeleton staff, so there's probably just not the, not the presence around. And you think that some of these car dealers are, are very open, aren't they? They don't all have fences up, and mm. you could probably drive out fairly easily from from thinking about sort of my local area. Then yeah, it's a, a, a bit of a concern. It just it's a bit of a sad indictment of social media that the dealers getting the blame though. Isn't it, really? Yeah. 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 But, yeah, it does just does feel like there's a lot going on. I wonder if it's almost a mood of people that they think that places are more vulnerable because they should be closed as well. But yeah, it just feels like there's quite a lot. So I thought we yeah, we've definitely reported on we've definitely reported on it more than normal. That's for sure. Yeah, I think it's been the case for auctions as well. I think they, they've been similar that where there's been people sort of nipping over the wall and hiding and, and waiting until oh, there's really? nobody around. Yeah, and then uh, then trying to, to steal cars. So I think a lot of the auctions have had to beef up security and, and things like that. Oh, that's interesting. Watch out, Watch out dealers. Mm. Okay. That's, that's quite a good one. I like that one. Thank well you. done. Well done. <laughs> I can see I'm getting a virtual punch through the uh, Zoom screen. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was like a good effort, that one, wasn't it? That was yeah, a very, yeah. a very good effort. Well done. No, because I just know that it doesn't matter really if it's good, because if I do well later, I'll get told I'm a cheat anyway, and it won't matter. <laughs> um, so what's your next story, then? Um, I, um, I mean, I really would like to go with me buying a used car online, but I'm not going to because it is me buying a used car online. So I'm going to go with today's story um, about David Peel, former Peugeot MD, possibly going to look at the... Uh, so what you've chosen there is two stories that aren't really news. Man buys car and man doesn't necessarily how, have a job. <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? That is, uh, it's, it's, it's one of those stories. I'm going, to, <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to stick with my David Peel story. I've heard this from a number of different people. Uh, who obviously want to remain nameless, um, that um, David Peel could be heading heading to the dealer group lookers. Um, I have reached out to David um, via uh, via the method of LinkedIn, uh, and he hasn't he hasn't replied to me yet, um, and asked him the question. But obviously, he's not going to be able to say if he is or not because he's still on gardening leave from from Peugeot anyway. Um, there's. There is talk that he's, he's that he was heading to a to a dealer group PLC. He's got fantastic experience, this guy, when it comes to when it comes to dealers. Used to run Robinson Day and then PSA Retail Group. 
very successfully too, must be, must be added. Okay, it was a dealer-owned group and is slightly different to, to running an independent dealer group. Um, but I do think he's got the retail experience. He's certainly now got the manufacturer experience and has got some great contacts um, in that field. And it's exactly what lookers need. They need a, a big hitting guy like David to be able to go in there and help sort that business out. I mean, it is definitely troubled. Um, as we have as well documented, you know, results were heavily delayed. Still, their shares are not listed on the on, on the stock market. FCA investigation into the practices, um, a fraud investigation into, into one of their team. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that's gone wrong there. Um, I mean, we're still waiting for the interim results um, that were due out in December. Um, they said they weren't. They did a couple of announcements, as was as is customary now with lookers, saying they're not going to not going to be able to get them out. And still, we're waiting. Twenty second of January, still not arrived. It needs. It definitely needs action. There's no doubt about it. And I, and I think David Peel could could be that could be that person. Whether he ends up there or not remains to be seen. But. I'd certainly like him to, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure many of their investors would too. I don't want to comment because I don't feel like that's actually a news story, so I don't want to. How dare you? <laughs> I mean, that is It is based shocking. on some speculation. I was going no, to say some facts, but the facts are that people have talked to you. Uh, yeah, this, this, <laughs> this is true, but this is, this is how journalism works, Rebecca. <laughs> I'm sorry, but... I, I think it'll be... It will be a really good story if it turns out to be true in the future. Well, let's see. But I agree. I think he would be very good for that job. So, I, I agree. I agree, Rebecca. I think that would be. It would be if it wasn't. If, if it came out as a story, we might have it on the list in a few months' time. Yes. Also, definitely. <laughs> the, the, the funny thing about that story is that James contacting him on Twitter is a very poor imitation of the Honda. Swindon Council man yes. contacting Elon Musk. It's a massive <laughs> downgrade, isn't it, really? Oh, that is true. David, David, please take the job at Lookers, please, and make my story <laughs> true. That'd be lovely. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I hope he's listening. <laughs> All right. Okay. It feels like I've lost that one. We'll be right back. The Car Dealer Podcast is driven by Car Gurus. You want the best return from your advertising budgets and CarGurus Piston Heads are focused on the same goal. With them, you have access to millions of monthly shoppers across both sites who can turbocharge your digital forecourts. Connect with in-market, high-quality buyers today. For more information, visit dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk and schedule a demo with their team. For a limited time only, you can get 10% reduction on your new subscription when you tell them that we sent you. That's dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk. Now, let's get back to the quiz. Um, my next story was um, one that I don't really know a lot about, but when I read it, I thought it was quite interesting, about um, how Pebbly Beach decided to stop, click and collect. Yes, very, yeah, an interesting story, which I completely forgot about. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just thought it was interesting that they chose just to not do it. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if there were more dealers out there that we don't know about because they've not come out and said that. I'm sure there's many, actually. And um, I mean, interestingly, he he, he said 
the boss of Beverly Beach, said he didn't feel like it was right, the right thing to be doing, um, especially when 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 cases were high in his in his area. Again, I think in the Swindon area. Yes, uh, no, obviously no, the centre centre of the universe at the moment, centre of the Cardi universe. Um, but yeah, it's uh, and it follows off the back of a survey that we ran. Um, the week before, um, asking asking dealers whether they felt it was right to be selling cars at the moment, and I think I can't quite remember. I need to find the result for you, but I think it was around forty percent said they didn't think it was right to be selling cars at the moment. Um, and we spoke. Seven hundred and fifty dealers responded to that, which I thought was an incredibly high number, considering this is their business. You know, selling cars is their business, and and the the sentiment was strong enough in the in the industry out there that, that they need to get infection rates down enough and that going out there for click and collect is the wrong thing to do. I know some people have said it to me. I know some people have said it to you, James, and I don't know if you've heard anything, Darren, but people have been saying kind of off the record that they actually don't think it's right to be open and running businesses the way they are, but they've got no choice because it's their business. I think it comes down to how how safe they are. As long as it's safe, I think the whole all of the restrictions. If everybody sucks at being safe, we probably wouldn't need to be in a lockdown, would we? But um, a lot of yeah. it, a lot of people aren't being safe. If you can have a car dealership and it's safe, and it comes back to is a car an essential purchase? Which if your car's broken and you need another one, it is an essential purchase. So I think some places need to be open. And then how do you decide which ones are open and which ones aren't? So I think it, as long as it's in an open air environment um, and there's very, very, or, or no human contact between them, it's all very safe, then I think it's okay in my in my eyes. Mm. Yeah, so some that aren't. But. Well, and that's, I must, I, 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 completely agree with you i think you know dealers and I've, I've written about it many times can operate in, in this in one of the safest ways out there when it comes to retail they've got huge showrooms they've got big outdoor big outdoor forecourts um they they've spent hundreds of thousands of pounds on on making sure that they are covid secure um and they can offer an appointment basis it's coming in and pick up a car at a time it's not like everybody's steaming in at the same time it's not like they need to deliver you know, for a few a few hundred click and collect deliveries a day, like Tesco's. You know, they we're talking a handful of cars at a certain time. It could definitely be done in a in in a safe and secure manner. I think the point is, uh, and some some of the dealers I've been speaking to, is how do you know when that car is an essential purchase? Because really, you should only be leaving your home for essential reasons. And um, I wrote about this in my column for the latest magazine, which is out this week, uh, to subscribers to cardiomagazine.co.uk. Uh, I wrote about it this yeah in, in, in that column. Um, and I said the only people that can decide on, on that is the people who are buying the car. They're the only people who decide whether that's essential or not. Because if you need that car to get to the shops once a week, that's essential. So it, you can't put that down to the government to make that decision. You can't put it down to the, down to the dealers. So... I, I found that very interesting that that dealer had decided to stop doing it. I haven't heard of any others that have stopped doing it, but I'm sure you're right, Rebecca. I'm sure there are probably others out there that just haven't haven't shouted about it. Bearing in mind the cars that have gone up the most in value over the last year um, are sports cars, then <laughs> maybe they're not all essential purchases. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was going to say my cheap Boxster, though, that was very essential at the time because I had nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> I did find, well, that, I did find, 
I did find that interesting, Darren, when you shared those those figures with us. Just I think it was just after Christmas, uh, or maybe just before Christmas, um, of the of the cars that had gone up the most in value in in 2020. And that, I mean, the Jaguar F Type and the I think it was an Aston Martin Vantage. You know, absolutely rocketed. I mean, you can't yeah. get a lot of Tesco shopping in the back of those, can you? Oh, and they're still going up now. So Are they? It's, really? It's still, still strong now. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure about those particular models, two particular ones, but overall, those types of vehicles are, are still going up in value. Yeah. It's, well, and it's, I mean, that sort of says a lot, doesn't it? There's a lot of people out there looking to cheer themselves up during the lockdown. But then again, that could be essential, couldn't it? I mean, there's a lot of people that have, that, that have the lockdown has hit very hard and who, who, who will find this time of year incredibly depressing. Well, actually, a nice new car that they can enjoy is, is very important to some people's mental health. So, I mean, again, I think, you know, it comes down to what is essential. The only person who can decide that is the person who's handing over the cash. I mean, that depends how much money you've got as well. I, I yeah. myself, I, I bought a pair of trainers. So I think there's, <laughs> maybe, there's maybe levels there. Yeah, true. I think you're probably just more sensible. <laughs> the most expensive pair of slippers I'll ever own. No, because I'm not allowed out, am I? So. I'm sure there's people out there justifying uh, a Lamborghini Aventador as an essential purchase. <laughs> I mean, I know I'd love to be able to do that, but yeah. I can't. Yeah, difficult. What's, um, so you didn't have that on your list? Um, no, I didn't. No, no I told um, that um, it's basically exhausted my list unless you let me talk about me buying the car online myself. You can talk about that if you want. And once well, you okay, I will. <laughs> so, um, uh, Carzam this week, not this week, last week, let me buy a car purely online on their website. Uh, full disclosure, they knew that I was doing it. Um, they didn't know what I was buying, but they had given me some dummy car details to to plumb into the site, which made the car free, um, which meant I didn't have to uh, didn't have to hand over my own cash. But apart from that, they just let me get on with it. So um, went through went through the whole process on the on their website. Um, I was amazed at how quick and easy it was to do. Um, you know, some people have commented that it feels like the um, the video and the story I did was a bit like an advert, and I was kind of well, yeah, it probably does feel a little bit like an advert, but it was. It was good. You know, it was actually as good as I said it was. I mean, I'm, I'd managed to choose a car. I mean, I'd spent a bit of time before I did the video um, looking at looking at their stock. But I, I'd managed to complete the purchase in under five minutes. You know, what you see on that video is pretty much as it happened. You know, it doesn't it, I was amazed at how quick you could hand over £23,000 to someone. Um, the, the, the interesting thing I, I found off the back of it was, I mean, there's a lot of people out there saying, oh, okay, online purchases, it's very, you know, it's very remote, obviously, by its nature, and actually quite disconnected from, from the actual dealer. You know, the dealer and the customer don't get to build that relationship. So interestingly, after I would made the purchase online, I got a phone call from, from Carzam's team in the evening, just checking that everything was okay, checking I was happy with the car that I'd gone for, checking my details, explaining the next steps of the process about how it was going to work, when I could, when I could expect it, other things that I needed to do like tax and, uh, and insurance. But that was, I was surprised by that. I didn't really expect that to happen. Um, and it just made that kind of connection with the, with, with Carzam a bit a bit more real and then the next day uh, well overnight I was sent a video showing me what the car was like as they were just after they prepped it um, and then I got text messages saying when they're going to arrive and when he arrived the delivery driver 
it was absolutely fantastic. You know, such a really, really good service and talking me through it and how it worked. I mean, I was, I was slightly skeptical, I must say, about online sales before trying it myself. I thought that for, for it, it wouldn't, I thought it wouldn't work for me. Um, but now I'm thinking if I knew what car I wanted to buy and I knew it was going to work for me and I didn't need to go and actually see it, buying it online, I'd definitely, I would definitely do again. The, the issue comes that when you're buying used cars and some people just want to try it out, they want to test drive it, they want to see what it's like, they want to know whether they fit in it, they want to know whether they can fit their car seat in it and put, put their buggy in the back and, and other examples like that. You can't do that online. But it doesn't mean that you can't try somebody else's car and then just go and order it, order it later. So yeah, it was it was an interesting experience, and I'm really really glad I got to try it. And um, and fair play to Carzan for for letting me have a go. Um, no, I don't know, Darren. Try everyone else's. Well, well, I'd love to try everyone else's. Actually, funnily enough, a few people have said, "Well, I wish you'd, I wish you'd compared all the others and 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 tried the others." And I'd love it if Kazoo and Cinch came forward and and, and gave me the opportunity to do the same. Um, I doubt they will, if I'm honest. Um, but it would be interesting to see if they did. Um, but again, saying that, there's nothing to stop us buying a car, is there, and paying for it ourselves, um, and then just returning it within the 14-day window, as is allowed. I don't know, Darren, would you buy a car online? Um, I bought a car in October, but it was between, obviously, the lockdowns, and I wanted, I, I must admit, I wanted to drive it um, first, and... Um, I bought it from car shop actually and uh, the service there was fantastic and again very COVID safe that's kind of part of my experience of this is that wasn't click and collect but it was a very very safe environment I did I paid a deposit online I went and picked it up and I was prepared to drive it's about 45 miles for me to go there so I was prepared to do all that and it was a very safe environment so um, I guess I'm going back to the previous story a little bit, but that um, cars, the cars am um, purchase. I watched watched the video. I was I was really interested in the delivery of the vehicle. Actually, I thought that was fantastic. I, I kind of assumed someone would drive it to you, but um, I thought the way that that was all handled was good. And yeah, I guess it it did, it came, it did look like a bit of an advert, but it's not just an advert for cars am. It's an advert for the whole the whole online buying process, isn't it? So. I thought that was um, that was interesting. That was in my top five as well. But I thought that was a um, that was it, it was interesting to see that. I guess, I guess the cynic in me was thinking, did they give you special treatment because they knew what you were doing? Um, and I think the proof of of whether of buying online also comes if something goes wrong with your car that you haven't necessarily got somewhere to go back to. Um, it, that that would be a bit of a concern if they've got a couple of, only a couple of sites. The proof of the pudding is in, in the eating in it with that one. So that, those are the concerns around it. But I, I would be quite reassured by watching that that it is a very very slick process. But I think you might have got celebrity treatment there, James. So. <laughs> I think I probably need to try some others um, in, in in a way that they um, that they don't know. Maybe that might be the way that I. Uh, I do the next one. So, so Kazoo, if you get an order from Mr. M. Mouse, <laughs> make sure you do deliver it because <laughs> it'll be me. No. Sometimes I think you've lost the plot of it. Um, I don't no, I, think I agree that. with that, Darren. It's when things go wrong, and some other people have said that as well that you should have held onto the car and just actually had the whole user experience. Because I don't think a dealer actually counts for anything until that point where something goes wrong. That's when you find out if they're a good dealer or not. Well, if it goes wrong after the 
um, that sort of seven day period or where however long that is. If if it goes wrong a day after that, then what happens then? That's the that's the proof of the of the uh, of the matter, isn't it? Really, when that happens. Mm. Yeah, maybe maybe we need to try some others. That would be fun. I'm going to do that. Okay, I can tell. Yeah. Um, the next story I had. Have you actually got any stories left? No, I'm out. Oh, I just have to sack you off and move on to Darren, who was actually prepared. <laughs> I, well, I had five, it's just we've covered them all. <laughs> okay, um, so my last story um, was about Silent, the scooter company, and the fact um, we've got Tony Lewis and the boss of previously JLISVO, whose name I can't remember right now. John, John Edwards. You John also Edwards. former Land Rover boss, actually, yeah. as well. Um, but I just thought it was quite interesting that they've both gone to do this. Obviously, Tony has had a lot of um, experience with electric cars at Nissan, um, but yeah, electric scooters. Which I think it's probably quite a good a good product and will do well. It sounds like it's done very well in Europe and um, in Spain in particular. I like the fact that you can take the battery out and just carry it carry it inside yeah. to charge it up. I mean, I think that was a that was the bit that sort of sold it to me. Um, and I, I agree with you. I think it's very. I think it's a strange thing for those two to be getting involved in, isn't it? And um, I mean, I just when when Tony Lewis left um, Westway towards the end of last year he said oh what you know he said because he was due to do a car deal live with us about a week all the same week that he disappeared um and then i think he messaged me the day before and said can't do car deal live tomorrow (laughs) i won't be at westway anymore i was like oh okay and he said don't worry i'll be back in touch when 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 i can tell you what i'm up to but i would never have guessed it was this i would never have guessed it was going to be electric scooters um and john edwards as well i mean he was you know, he was an absolute top dog when it came to came to JLR. You know, I mean, I remember going to some Land Rover launches. I can't remember what, what one it was, but he was, you know, he was front and centre of this huge global launch. And the same was S- SVO. Um, but now, yeah, now now working on, on this silence project. So, I mean, some, some two big hitters there behind them, isn't it? Um, mm, and if, it, if it's going to work, it's going to work with those two. If anyone's not been convinced um, and you follow any of the um, founders on LinkedIn, you might have seen today that um, Tony Lewis demonstrated how many bottles of wine you can fit into it as well. And it was a lot of wine. (laughs) Was it? Yes. I can't remember exactly how many, but I was actually quite amazed by how many bottles of wine you could fit under the seat. They were just like piling out of it. But I mean, that's got to be a top selling tip, hasn't it? Yeah, probably for, for scooter riders. Yeah. Scooter white riders, aka winos. I always remember Lance Bradley saying it was a great selling point of the Fev that you could fit a whole bottle of wine in the um, in the what's it called? Cent- center console. No, wasn't it in the door? Oh, the door bin. Yes. Oh uh, right. Well, yeah. Maybe it is. A, maybe they use that in in dealerships as a selling yeah. point. Yeah. Well, and- yeah. Is that is that all last? Is that all? Is that our full list? Yeah, I want to know what Darren thought, if we missed anything. Is there anything else, Darren, that we should have had? Well, I said said when I first spoke to you both today, I was amazed how many stories there actually are on car dealers. I thought I could swizz through them in about 20 minutes before this this call to do a bit of homework. I should have done my homework last night. It's always the the case, isn't it? Um, The ones I I, I found interesting, probably because of the area that I work in, um, were that... Uh, more research reveals used car buyers are out there during lockdown three and searching for the next car. 
oh, yeah. is reassuring for the industry. And we are picking up that business levels are high still, or uh, reasonably high, um, considering all the restrictions we're under. So well, that was a good one. Um, sort of links to that, I had um, more people, um, most people want to, to still own a car in the future. Just think it's interesting. You always got lots of news on mobility and that type of thing. But at the moment, a lot of people still want to own a car. Whether that was, I would expect if you did that question in five years' time, it might be a little bit different. But at the moment, people still want to own a car. So I had those two um, down as, as quite um, strong stories. I also had that electric cars are, are too expensive as a story as well, because I think that's definitely a case. And we're seeing that in the used car market, that electric vehicles are quite expensive and are dropping more than petrol and diesel vehicles because they're um because they are expensive um even though they're very in, in vogue they probably need to drop in price a little bit before they become more mainstream so so mm -hmm. i i had those three but i did have um i did have a couple of jameses but i'm not sure i had any of yours rebecca i just i want to throw this one in because we, there's always something big that we forget but um we forgot about the trevor finn story yeah, that was a yeah. I just, I did find that strange as well that he went over. He's, he's taken up a, a position with um, as a non-exec, hasn't he? With Ford of Ford of Sweden, a company that's bought bought Ford of Sweden. But I think this is just. I I still think he's got other things up his sleeve. He's got mm -hmm. a bit of a war chest when it comes to um, coming to investment. And I think he's talking to a lot of people from from what he said the last time I spoke to him. He's he's got lots of options. I think this is. This is probably a small small part of the uh, of his of his of his workload. I'd just like to say on Darren's on Darren's uh, stories there. I think most of them were better than the ones we picked. Yeah, I know. I was thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly, Darren did a bit more research than our five minutes. Yeah, but it's actually been quite a positive week. Now you've said that, it's made me realise from the point of view of selling cars, there's been actually quite a lot of positive stories about trends and. I mean, it's something I get asked all the time. I'm sure you get asked it all the time, Darren, about whether people do actually want to own cars. So, I, someone yesterday said to me, I think people still want to own cars, but do they actually still want to own cars? Um, and I think they do. I think they do as well. And every so, every so often you get the sort of the news coming out that people aren't taking driving tests anymore and that they don't, they don't need to drive. They go by Uber everywhere. Well, my experience, I've got kids that are 20 and 17 and they're both desperate to learn to drive. But it's desperate to have a car, and I think for the for the, for, the, for the here and now, and for the next few years, people do just want to walk out the front door and jump into a car and drive off to see. Well, you're not allowed to at the moment, but go <laughs> drive off to see somebody. Yeah, that'd be nice. Well, that, that kind of, we didn't realise that was a luxury, did we? That doing that. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I, I do think that people do will still want to own cars in the future. Um, mobility will have its place um, and will grow, but I think people still a lot of people still want to own cars. I think the pandemic has, has has seen people move back to wanting to own their own vehicles and wanting to have their own own space. And I wouldn't be surprised if it accelerates the amount of people that want to own own cars in the future. I mean, yeah, we we were seeing this downward trend, but I mean now the amount of people that want them because they don't want to be getting on public transport is is accelerating all the time, unless or or until I I must add when, when the roads start building up again with all these new cars uh, that have, have suddenly been bought and traffic jams come back, then everybody be back to their electric scooters. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I know I will. I hope we never get back to that point again. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Maybe it's offset by people working from home and yeah. that, that continuing in the, in the future. But yeah, it's, it's, it's very strange, isn't it, when you do actually drive around and all the tra regular traffic jams, you know, rush hour seems to have 
there doesn't seem to be a rush hour anymore, does there? I mean, there hasn't seemed to be a rush hour for a year. Yeah, you get a bit of school run, don't you? I'd take yeah. my daughter to school and there was a little bit of that. But now it's, um, yeah, you look out, it's busier than in lockdown one, though, out there. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely. It feels like it's got quieter as this lockdown's gone on. Um, but there is still people doing a lot more than they were doing in the first lockdown, that's for sure. People get lockdown fatigue now. We're in the, in, a, in the first month of the year. The weather's not very good and everyone's a bit like, ugh. Now, so and no end in sight, no no date yet for an end in sight. But we're ignoring we ignore that, Darren. We don't want to. <laughs> we, we don't even want to think about that. Mm. No. What we do want to know though is whether I've won or not. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd love to say no because I think uh, Rebecca needs to uh, try and catch I up. I need the win. <laughs> you do need the win, but I think the. Um, I agree that the Karzam story was it was a story. Yes. Um, you, you nearly lost it on the David Peel might be going somewhere story, but you kind of recoup that with your the fact that you tweeted him, which I did find quite amusing based off the previous story, um, and the uh, the Nissan Ellesmere Port uh, ones as well. So James, for for me, I think uh, you, you've uh, you've picked Rebecca this week. Darren, I think, oh, I, I, think I actually won really. Yeah, you did. I do think you did, but thank you for that because it's nice to have a real life adjudicator that's not Rebecca's mum uh, <laughs> that can actually officially give me the win. So thank you. No, thank you so much, Darren. We really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed it. I definitely think that your stories were the best, though. You'll have to come back again. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I will. If, you, if I'm invited, I'd love to come back. Definitely. Definitely will. Um, thank you. Well done, James, as well. And thank oh, thank you. you. Oh, no, that was painful. Thank you. <laughs> It's not painful, it's fine. Um, but thank you to everyone for listening. Um, if you've enjoyed what you've heard, um, you can let us know on all good social media channels or you can send us an email. Best to go contact James, is james at blackballmedia.co.uk. Um, and make sure you subscribe, rate and review us if you like what you've heard. Again, as always, I will link all of the stories we've mentioned today, which it probably takes me longer than recording the actual podcast itself. Um, and I'll put it in the show notes and they'll be in a story on our website. But until next time, thank you both and goodbye to everybody.